Hello, welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham. Unfortunately, my camera isn't working, uh, which uh, you may be pleased about because that means you don't have to get to see my face. Uh, I have no idea what's gone on with it. I'll try and get it sorted out for the, for the show tomorrow. Uh, joined by a brilliant guest who's on uh, the last episode, which I can't remember what day that was. Uh, Ian, uh, how you doing, Ian? Hi, guys. Really a bit Hi. disappointed Great like the rest of us, but... Yeah. Yeah, presumably a bit disappointed like the rest of us, but yeah, other than that, are you okay? Uh, apart from that, I'm okay. Yeah, shows, I guess, how uh, things have changed for us, that we're really disappointed with a 1-1 draw at Southampton. Whereas, yeah. uh, you know, there would have come a time not too long ago we'd have said 1-1 draw away at Southampton. Good result. So, despite the disappointment, it shows we're moving in the right direction. Do you, you agree, Chris? Yeah, I think so. It's just... I think against any, any 10-man team, you'd be expecting to win and... Mm. We'll come on to VAR in a bit. Um, but yeah, uh, everyone, thanks for watching. Uh, hit the like, hit the subscribe. Uh, if you're watching the um, replay, do the same thing with that as well. Uh, so yeah, let's get into it. I think yeah. we have to say it's two points dropped. I don't think we can say it's a point gained. Although come the end of the season, if we've uh, got to where we wanted to by a point, then you can say maybe it's a, a point gain. But I, I just really, really hope that we don't come to regret these two points dropped come oh, the end God. of the season. Um, yeah, what, what do you think? I think I, th I think you're right. And one of my pet hates is, because uh, I'm going to talk about the Liverpool game, is that, uh, oh, well, you know, it all evens itself out in the end. There's no evidence of that. No one's ever done a, a statistical count of the decisions that go in your favour, the decisions that go against and whether they do even themselves out. I guess if Kane had got a red card, he wouldn't have played yesterday. Mm. Um, we might have lost, probably gone on and lost that Liverpool game. So that would have been a point gone. But yesterday, no doubt, was two points dropped. Had enough chances. Probably didn't without playing that well, if I'm honest. But, uh, yeah, I think we need to talk about VAR because uh, <laughs> I think most Tottenham supporters think we were we were absolutely robbed. Um, yesterday, Chris, let me ask you, let's get, cause I used to be a referee and I've, I've got some stuff <laughs> on Twitter that I've done this morning, um, which I'll, I'll bring everybody up to date with, but what, what, what was your take just as a, as a, as a regular fan, if I can put it that way? Uh, well, Davey's offside, no qualms about that. He was clearly offside, uh, brave defending by Southampton, but it worked. So either Strath, stupidity or, or them playing well. Kane. It's not really the refs, is it? It's the stupid rules, rules made by people who have never played football in their entire life. His shoulder was offside, but he scored with his feet, which were onside, which is ridiculous. And it's the same as Bamford last year for Leeds, I think, against Crystal Palace when his hand was offside. I missed the rule change where you're allowed to punch it in the goal now. And I just think it's a stupid rule made by people who have never, ever played football in their life, don't understand it. And it's just... Bit I mean, I mean, and then the goalkeeping one, the goalkeepers are always going to get that foul every single time because it's easy and they're so protected. But in the end of the day, he jumped into Doherty and then dropped the ball himself. So I think that that's the one that I'm more annoyed about just because Doherty just jumped. And referees will always give the benefit to the uh, goalkeeper in those situations because it's easy. It's the same as if you have a challenge in the penalty box, which doesn't get given as a penalty, and then you have a challenge outside the penalty box. The referee always gives that one because it's easy because it doesn't cost anything in the game, and it's just it's sure. silly. But, but yeah, sure. it's just. But again, we we didn't really create that much either. So no, yeah, and I, I think that that was the disappointment, wasn't it? We didn't. We yeah. probably should have created more. I mean, I thought, for example, Hoiberg had a couple of chances to shoot, and he's not got a bad. Yeah, though. yeah. You know, hit on him on that when he was on the on his right foot and kept trying to move the ball when he had that chance when the you know the penalty area was pretty congested when you're given yeah. that half a yard to get a shot away get it away um, yeah. even if well, I, 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 I was on Paxton Road TV with uh, Sam and a few others uh, after the game and said pretty much exactly the same things that they've got everyone behind the ball in the penalty box. And we're obviously trying to get it wide and put the ball in the box. Have a shot from long range. Give them something else to think about. Go, okay, well, if we don't close them down, they will have a shot. doesn't matter if it goes onto the corner flag. Obviously, we'd be annoyed by that. But if it goes on the corner flag and then you have another one, 
it's going to be okay. Well, if we don't close them down, they'll have a shot. It could take a ricochet, it could take a deflection, it could take anything. And then you're giving them something else to think about. But by constantly going wide and putting the ball in the box, it has to be something pinpoint no, to, to get any change there. And it was just too predictable. I mean, there were. I'm going to. I'm going to come back onto the VAR in a minute. But I mean, again, um, Conti's probably got a little bit of stick for some of his changes. I know some people think, mm, well, maybe yeah. he should have brought Ndombele on. Um, I, I don't think Ndombele offers enough, to be honest. But uh, the one thing that surprised me is why didn't he try Doherty on the right um, and Gill on the left? Gill is left-footed. Yeah. Dominantly left-footed anyway. Doherty's almost exclusively right-footed. I mean, you saw what happened when the ball went on mm. his left foot. He put it into the crowd. Um, and trying to trying to change the angle a little bit. Doherty crossing from the right and, and, and Gill crossing from the left. That would have given us another option. But we never seem to look to try that. But uh, can I go back to the VAR? Because apart apart from any other uh, other things, I used to be a referee many moons ago, um, and I follow a number of referees, and, and some of them follow me back even on on, on Twitter. Um, and um, I, I put a thing on. Um, there was a I was on Spurs Express with a picture. If you look at it, you talk about the arm, but you, the arm can't be offside. And I rather thought they got rid of this this rule about where, where the shoulder. Yeah. If you look at Kane's feet relative to the de defender, he's he's quite a long way back. Kane is quite his feet are mm. quite are quite clearly onside, um, and I heard Dermot um, um, not Dermot Mern, heard Dermot Gallagher on uh, um, the television this morning justifying um, the unjustifiable basically. And anyway, Glenn <laughs> Turner was uh, one of the best, arguably the best linesman this country's ever produced. Um, he ran the line in there. I think was at the 2010 World Cup for um, Howard Webb. Um, Anyway, I, there was that picture, the freeze frame picture that was on Spurs Express, and I retweeted it. And I asked Glenn and Mark Halsey and uh, um, uh, Keith Hackett, who goes back a long way, but uh, refereed our 81 Cup final with Manchester City, amongst other pretty big games. But anyway, I, I said I've no time for the misogynist. This was Gray and Keys who were analysing the thing for uh, being sport uh, um, in Qatar. Um, but I said that the, the uh, offside decision was making a mockery of the game as well as the one on Doherty. Glenn Turner's replied to me and to Mark Causey and to um, uh, Keith Hackett, it's not offside, it's never been offside and should never have been given as offside, Ian. Every club is an example of these decisions going against them and it's simply not good enough. But I guarantee you this, nothing will be done about it. No. To which... Mark Causey's replied, absolutely agree, Glenn. And then I've said it's the nothing that's be, that being done about it that gets me. Who does Riley report to? The abject lack of leadership in the game is frightening. And then Keith Hackett's replied, he's managing director of the Professional Game Match Officials Limited. The board should act, but they protect a clear indication that they are happy with Riley. And therein lies the problem. We keep yeah. getting these erroneous decisions. You've got... You know, a supposedly top referee, Anthony Taylor, fails to, uh, um, well, let's go back a stage. First of all, that's not an easy call for the for the assistant. That ball, and it's a superb mm. ball by Harry Winks. Absolutely mm. thrilling. Well, we'll get on to him a bit later on, yeah. Harry Winks. I want to talk it, about him. It's, it's, not, um, it's not that easy when you're running a line. You think of your position. You've got to have your left eye on the point that Winks is playing the ball. And your right eye straight ahead, looking at looking <laughs> at where Kane and the defenders are. That's not easy. That's a real skill in itself. And the assistant gets that decision to me spot on. And it's you know you've got experienced, highly um, experienced officials there ruling it on side. You've then got Martin Atkinson who thinks I've got to get involved in this and rule something offside that isn't offside. And it just isn't good enough. Um, and this is happening. It's not just us. It's happening to clubs everywhere. This is the biggest league in the world. And we've got such inadequate referees. We're importing players from all over the world, the best players from all over the world. I mean, I take a view, if we can't get better referees domestically, then let's import them. There is nothing magical about having to use English referees for English football. 
in the same way as we don't have English players refer, um, uh, uh, just simply playing in English football. And the other thing, the Doherty decision, I think, is a nonsense. Um, again, I live in Scotland and I watched, I watched quite a bit of Celtic and I was a season ticket holder when Fraser Forster was on loan. I think he was on loan at Celtic for two seasons. And he has a terrible habit for a man of six foot seven of jumping and taking the ball there rather mm. than I'll be off screen now, taking the ball there. I know you can't see my hands. Yeah, yeah. You're six foot seven, you're jumping. That's taking you up to about seven foot three, maybe seven foot five, six. And then you've got your big arms there. So you're taking yourself up to, you know, eight and a half, nine, nine and a half feet. No, if you take the ball at its highest point, there's no attacker in the world can get near you. And yet he doesn't jump. And I don't think Doherty does anything wrong at all. No, Doherty just jumps. He jumps into um, Doherty, I think. If anything, Doherty yeah. doesn't make any attempt to jump into him. But uh, like I say, goalkeepers will get that every single time. And, and I, don't, I don't have a problem with the referee getting a decision wrong. I don't like it, obviously. But that's what VAR is there for. Yeah. But then... the. the, the VAR was brought in, wasn't it, to get consistency in decisions to stop it being open to interpretation. But because you've got a different person looking at the VAR, it's still open to interpretation. But the big problem I've got, certainly with the offside, is whoever the VAR bloke was, he's essentially following the rule that's been given to him, that if any part of your body is offside, it's offside. And that's not a referee problem. That's a, I don't know, a FIFA, UEFA, FA, or whoever make that rule and like I say, it's a rule made, and there's so many of them. It's a rule made by people who have never, ever played football in their life and don't understand it, and it has to be. It's like a business decision. It has to be, this is the line, there's no grey area, it's just black and white. And that therein lies the issue. I go back to Patrick Bamford against Palace last year where his hand was offside. I mean, you can't score with your hand, so what the hell does it matter where his hand is? He scores with his feet or his head, they are onside, so therefore it should be onside. It's just... Absolutely, I wouldn't be averse if the rule was changed to he could be offside, he might not be. What part of his body did he score with? Is that onside or is that offside? You make the decision that way. Obviously, you know, being that they're so obsessed with these bloody lines, you know, use it for something that actually makes a difference. Because Harry Kane scored with his feet, his feet were clearly onside, but. Yeah, it, it, it's not a referee decision, I don't think, it, it issue. It, it's a rule decision. The, the referees are using VAR to go by the rules. And, and I, I, I do think, that, you know, we, we've got to... I mean, we could have easily lost to Liverpool with Harry Kane being sent off and three-game ban and then Jota penalty, and we got away with that. So it, it's every single team has this issue. It's Obviously, it's us um, uh, this weekend. Yeah. It was Liverpool last weekend. Next weekend, it'll be someone else. And then in two weeks' time, it'll be us getting a decision against someone else. Um, but yeah, uh, Craig, Bo Craig Bowler's just got into... Sorry to cut you off. Uh, there's a new Hawkeye... Yeah. How are you doing, Craig? There's a new Hawkeye system being implemented in the new World Cup. It apparently gives an automatic decision within 0.5 of a second. So if the computer says no, then the computer... Uh, yeah, if the computer says no. Little Britain now, you know, computer says yeah. no. Yeah, so that'll be interesting because that obviously works very, very well with tennis, doesn't it? Where uh, it, it, if it's out or in, it shows that. And I think it's used, oh, it's used in the goal line technology for football yeah. as well, isn't it? So that'll be interesting. The goal line technology works really well. And that, that, that raises another couple of parts, couple of points that you've, you, you've raised because. Um, when you're dealing with points of fact, as in the player is offside, well, I'm going to come back to that. But the ball's out of play. The ball's um, uh, in 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 the goal. It's crossed the line and gone into the goal. That's fairly easy. Where you've got big problem, bigger problems, is where you've got subjective decisions. Um, and the, mm. the, I guess you're you're right about the. Um, the Doherty and Forster one, where you know you, you can say, well, it was a point of a, a point of uh, a subjective point that the uh, um, the, the 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 referee um, Anthony Taylor has tried to determine. He's determined it's a foul. It's within his discretion to give a foul, and VAR is never going to work for that. And 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 that I think is the limit of VAR. And I don't think football fans were ever properly educated that where in a game like in a game like football. 
compared to tennis or compared to cricket because they're line calls. You know, the ball, I can't remember who it was. It was Bairstow, I think, got out the other day in the test match where there was two umpires' calls in terms of the impact in line um, and whether it was, you know, whether it was, whether the ball pitched impact in line and the ball hitting the stumps. Two out of three were umpires' call. And you can say he was a bit unlucky with that. And maybe he was. But they were factual decisions as to mm. where the where the ball pitched, where it was, uh, um, where the impact was, and whether it was hitting the stumps. With tennis, as you say, whether the ball goes over the line or doesn't go over the line is another is is again um, a, a question of fact. The offside one, though, I don't agree with you because, um, as I understand it, you know the, the the this shoulder being leant forward or what have you isn't meant to change it. That was what they were. This was what they were. Um, they were looking at, and when when uh, uh, Glenn Turner says, "Look, this was ne- this has never been offside." Um, and I just, I, I still am at a loss to understand why um, um, Martin Atkinson has thought he ought to get involved in that. Because the feet, that, that, as you that, said, yeah. I, 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 as I understand it, just because he was leaning forward, that doesn't, mm-hmm. that doesn't actually change, that doesn't change the decision. But you know, when when it's two two that go against you in 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 the one in the one game. And when you're down to 10 men and it's a game you feel you should have won, and when you're on a run and when you think you're on a run and um, you're challenging so closely for top four, then those decisions, I think, I think hurt even more. But uh, the bottom line, we're still going to get, you know, we're still going to get decisions like that. Um, But I still think the, the, the referees in England are really inadequate for what we need from them. Too many bad referees. Yeah. Too many bad referees staying year in, year out. Um, I haven't seen any really good, talented young blood coming through. Yeah, I mean, back on the offside, uh, Craig said the rule is a part of the body you can score a goal with. They should change the rule to go onto the feet. So, I mean, that raises the question with Bamford last year with his hand that was offside, which is absolutely ridiculous. So I have no idea what the referee was looking at there. Uh, but it, 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 if what Craig says is true, then by the letter of the law, Kane is offside because you can score with your shoulder, apparently. But again, it's just offside used to be so simple. You know, you used to, you used to be able to, if you went to the pub like t- 10, 15 years ago, someone who'd never, ever watched football in their life, what's offside? You go, oh, when the ball's played, if you're past the last offender, you're offside. Now... You have to write a bloody essay to tell them. It's just, you know, you know, different phases of play, what they're scoring with. It's just absolutely stupid. Just, just, it's tried to be made too clever and it's just causing all sorts yeah. of, of problems. And, and yeah, I, mean, I mean, VAR is going to take a little while to implement. I mean, it came in uh, 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 rugby. I, I, I don't imagine it was uh, came in and then within that season it was absolutely spot on as good as it is now. But it's just very frustrating, isn't it? But, um, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Chris, by the way, is the t-shirt line. So with me wearing a short oh, sleeve, right. so you, if you, the ball comes off your shoulder, it's it's a goal. It, it, it's a mm. goal. If it comes to that, and you can see below that line, then that's handball. But this is the point with Kane leading forward. I mean, it's and then remember when you're running, you're not running, you know, like this. I hope, I hope that comes across on the camera. You're running like that, so your body will move back and forth. Yeah. But I think Craig uh, Craig's made th- this point about the feet. The feet must be right. The, it, if your feet are behind the, the uh, level with or behind your opponent's feet, then that should be enough to keep you on side. At the end of the day, we're trying to get more goals in the game. The whole mm-hmm. point of this is to is to ensure that we get more goals. Not we get less goals, or we or we or we, we chalk goals off for trivialities. Yeah, I, I, the rule needs to change, but it's, it's it will never change. It's it's so ridiculous at the moment, and and yeah, at least at least we'll end up getting a goal scored against us, which will be disallowed for exactly the same thing. But then we'll be moaning about how the rule is stupid anyway, and. Uh, Greg said, as a referee we've got from New Zealand officiating now, maybe we should recruit more referees from abroad and raise the standard. Exactly your point there uh, that you made yeah. uh, five, ten minutes ago. 
Craig, uh, Craig, I, I've I've seen that. The, the referee we the referee we had. I think it was, was the referee we had in the home game with Norwich. Um, was the foreign referee? Um, um, maybe that's worth. I, I can't look it up while I'm talking, but maybe you can have a have a quick look at that while you're listening in. Um, but that that might be absolutely right. Um, in fact, someone had mentioned that to me that he's. I thought he was Australian, but it doesn't matter. He's from that part of the world anyway. Um, I don't care where they come from. I actually don't care where they come from. What I what I'm what I get increasingly annoyed about is referees, poor referees that continue to referee week in week out. Um, I mean, Kevin Friend, John Moss. They've been refereeing for years. They're never going to be particularly good referees. Why are we not? Why are we not bringing through more and more younger referees to see if they can get, you know, they can achieve, you know, a higher standard? Um, I mean, I like I like Michael Oliver, but mm. there's not my, not many others that I think, yeah, they're good referees. No, um, I mean, do, do you do you think as well it could have been? I mean, this is any non-Spurs fans listening to this is this is going to wind them up, but I'll say it anyway. After the uh, Liverpool game, it's all our Kane's England captain. He gets whatever he wants. Do you think there was a bit of like, okay, well we're leaving the odds a little bit. We'll call him offside, say his shoulders offside, or do you think that's me scraping the barrel and just uh, no, stoking the fires a little bit? They should be teaching, and then the, the referees, I think, called unconscious bias. Um, I don't know if that's a concept you've ever come across, but it's, I mean, it, it, it manifests itself in all kinds of walks of life. And I don't want to be too, too controversial with it. But if you hear someone speaking in a, you know, a, a posh educated accent, do you think they've automatically got more credibility than someone, say, with a rough Scouse, Brummie or Glasgow accent? If someone's in a suit, they've got more credibility than someone who's in jeans and a T-shirt. There, there's examples of unconscious bias. And, of course, it plays its way into um, society with things like sex discrimination, race discrimination and what have you. And I, I think to some extent, Kane was the beneficiary of that bias during the Liverpool game. Um I, I think there may be some unconscious bias from the the VAR. Well, first of all, from the referee at the time, and then from VAR in not asking the referee to have a look at it. England caps, yeah, yeah, yeah. We wasn't that bad. Yellow's okay there, which perhaps another another player would have been more harshly dealt with. Um, whether that whether there's whether Martin Atkinson was evening up the book, I don't know. He certainly wouldn't admit to it, but. Mm. Was he unconsciously doing it? You'll never know. Never know. No, I, I, I think he was just following the rules that are set out, which are just stupid. But uh, let's move on from VAR uh, down to something else that's uh, not particularly uh, enjoyable to talk about, uh, but we have to talk about. The first half performance in particular, the first 35 minutes, are uh, absolutely yeah. dreadful, pretty much. I think Southampton surprised Conte by matching us up in terms of formation, and, and they looked like they wanted it more. Uh, it was only because of a, a, a silly challenge by Salasu, which he didn't really meet, need to make, just try and let force to sort the, the, the situation out. And I've, I'm sure Salasu's the guy who got sent off after like about 10 seconds or something or a minute against uh, Man United at Old Trafford in his debut. I, I could be wrong with that. but um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's very similar to the Zaha sending off. The first yellow card, I didn't think was a yellow card, but then you're on a yellow card, so you can't do anything. And, and, and I mean, uh, he was just a little bit unlucky, son, with his quick feet, uh, where Zaha was just completely stupid. Um, but before that, we were absolutely dreadful, I thought. And Southampton took a deserved lead, and we're lucky it was only one. Uh, is that a worry for you, that first half performance? Because under Pochettino, we used to start really slow in the first half as well, uh, and then half time sort it out. I think I think that's the point. is is more general, isn't it? That we that we team seem to start slowly mm. in just about every game. We don't come out of the traps um, absolutely buzzing. And yeah, it was a very poor start. Um, you know, lovely goal by Ward Prowse. But for all that, defensively we look quite solid. I mean, what else did Larice have to do other than pick that Ward Prowse shot out the net, yeah. which? Which would, uh, you know, let's be honest, uh, no one was going to get that. It was a fabulous shot. Um, 
Yeah, Adam, I'm just looking at the comments as yeah. well. Um, we yeah, were absolutely, absolutely robbed. robbed but, uh, was a fraud. Yeah. You know. But I, I, I think because I was on Paxton Road yesterday, and uh, I think it was Sam saying it, it might have been someone else uh, that we'd have lost that game if it was eleven versus eleven. I disagree because I think Conte would have changed something at half time. Conte would have changed something, and then we'd have come out a different team. Um, yeah. But obviously, obviously, that's a uh, uh, you know uh, uh, hypothetical. We'll never ever know. Yeah, and you never. Know. Um, the, the other thing with that, Chris, of course, is that. Um, if it had been 11 against 11, they might have attacked us more and there'd have been more space in behind for us to attack on the break, yeah, yeah. which we just did. There was no space in behind. Um, just one thing I will say, though, is that um, Hoddle gave the man of the match to Ward Prowse. I'm really apart from <laughs> a couple of set pieces. Uh, you know, I don't think he did much other than the set. Yeah. Well, if you're going to give it to a Southampton player, it should have been Walker Peters. He well, made a couple of brilliant blocks. Uh, he made it very, very difficult for Kane's header right at the death. And uh, yeah, you're yeah. taking the words I, out I, of my I, mouth. I, I think Hoddle didn't really know who to give it to, so just give it to someone <laughs> who scored a good goal. I, I, I think Hoddle didn't really know who to give it to. But, uh, I, I thought Walker Peters was outstanding, and as I say, the block is one thing, you know, a lot of bravery, but you just throw your head at the ball and it stops yeah. it. But that one where he had—I don't know where he came—he suddenly found an extra six inches of leap, and I think, mm. I think, I'm sure that because they'd have played together, know each other pretty well, uh, Walker Peters and yeah. Kane, and uh, uh, Kane would have seen Walker Peters underneath him and think, "I've just got a tap in here," and all of a sudden, Walter, Walker Peters has leapt up and headed the ball off his head, and it's like, "Wow, wow, little man." But should never have been let go. I think that's the that's the other point I wanted to raise yeah. with, with Walker Peters. Um, I think at the time he wasn't going to get in, was he? He wasn't going to get into our team. So he wants to play. So they probably asked to leave rather than us saying you're surplus to the requirements. Well, well, we 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 got rid of him and we brought in Matt Doherty. You know. I think I'd rather yeah. have Walker Peters. I do, I do feel sorry for Doherty in a way. We brought him in as a wing-back, one of the best in the league. We play him as a full-back. And now his confidence is shot to pieces. Now we're playing him on the left in bit part pieces. Uh. Yeah. But I, I, I'd let him go, uh, Doherty, in the, in the summer. Well, um, but in terms of in terms of squad, Darrell's got in touch. How are you doing, Darrell? We know this squad limits. Conte needs the quality or more weeks off, uh, but maybes. Yeah. Uh, well, well, we'll talk about transfers in a bit, but I, I'm adamant we're getting transfers in uh, January. But uh, one player who was written off and two months ago was leaving or has to leave, who I thought was our man of the match, uh, this guy, Winks. Yeah. Uh, you can't really say any of our players were absolutely outstanding. But I, I was having a disagreement, a, a conversation with a, a guy on Twitter, uh, SM, I think his initials are. Uh, I asked him to come on, uh, but it's, uh, he doesn't live in the UK, so it's four in the morning. But uh, it's a perfect example to any idiots out there who have disagreements with people on Twitter and think you have to swear and insults and everything because it was mm. a fairly amicable conversation. It's just he had one opinion, I had the complete opposite. But it was uh, good to have that discussion and be able to actually have a discussion without name-calling and you're an idiot, and blah, 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 and all, which you sure. always get, or someone blocking you. Um, but, yeah, uh, my point was uh, the first goal comes from his um, pass. And every time he got the ball, which he did it against Liverpool, he, they're the only two times I can remember in the last two years that he's done it. Looking forward, looking forward, playing the ball forward, trying to create something. And and the ball to Kane for the goal, another great ball. Uh, we, we've spoken about how that goal should have stood. Um, but yeah, so this guy's point was that, uh, that the goal was caused by Salasu, but if the ball hadn't been played in there, someone had got the touch and then Salasu isn't tempted yeah. to make the challenge. But um, yeah, uh, but I, I get his point. Other than that, Winks didn't do a huge amount, but he probably does the, the tidy stuff that doesn't uh, well, look to me. But, but, but my question for you... Mm. Sell him now, or do we keep him? Because for me, he's, he's creating good competition for the likes of Hoiberg and Skip. Hoiberg, who I think is desperate for a rest and desperately needs a rest. I, I, I've said on a couple of streams, I would love to see uh, um, Winks and Skip in the side together. Mm. I think one, one holding, one driving forward. Um, 
would would give us a little bit more impetus in midfield. I like Winks. I've always liked mm. Winks. Um, uh, I think he's got a lot of ability. The one of the things he doesn't do is give the ball away uh, cheaply on 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 many occasions. In fact, some of the times he's given it away has been when I think he's tried too hard to go forward. When actually yeah. the sensible ball is to go square or back. Yeah, he turned um, himself in circles in the first half, didn't he? But that that that, that was all our mentality, I think. Uh, and Craig has just said, uh, must admit, I was more impressed with Southampton. Even when they went down to ten, they played really well in the four four one. Commitment and mentality was spot. On, they really took it to us, and and yeah, yeah I like Hassan Hurt, I like Southampton, but yeah, I think that first half the mentality was completely off from us, and I think that was mm. evidence with uh, Winks turning himself in circles. But second half, he was the one trying to make things happen. I thought, uh, yeah, absolutely, and that's probably where we also lacked lacked a playmaker. Um, mm. in, in the centre of the field, which may be something we're going to come on to if we're going to talk about what we need in the transfer window. Um, but I thought, I th yeah, as I say, I'd like to see Winks and Skip play together. I, I think Hoiberg huffs and puffs a lot these days, but doesn't really give you anything. And we talked off air just before we came, uh, before we came on air about, I think it was before we came on air anyway, before uh, um, about Hoiberg, two or three opportunities to shoot. Yeah. And he didn't, and he tried, you know, had to play the ball wide whereas I think Skip or Winks would have would have had a crack and you never know what would have happened um, Winks had a couple of opportunities in those areas as well and put it out to uh, who was that it must have been Emerson I guess uh, yeah until Hill came on um, but yeah I just I think with Hoiberg, he played pretty much every game last year. He got fairly yeah. late into the Euros. The mental strain that the Ericsson uh, situation in that tournament sure. must have had. And he's played pretty much every game this season as well. I think he just desperately needs a rest. Yeah. I'd be amazed if he plays the Watford game. I think it could be a winks and skip for the Watford game. I think Hoiberg just needs to stay at home, have a week off and, you know, because we're going to need someone like him in the middle of the midfield of Warrior for that, that Chelsea game on the 5th or 4th yeah. or 5th. Ch Chelsea always a different kettle of fish. Mm. But, I mean, looking at Ali Gold's uh, uh, marks uh, overnight, he gave Hoiberg 5, he gave Winks 8, and I wouldn't argue with that. I thought Winks played no. very well. He's probably our best player. Um, yeah. Although, interestingly enough, I thought both Sanchez who is growing um, by the game in, in, in confidence. Um, and Davis both played exceptionally well. Dyer was yeah. probably the weaker or weakest of the uh, three. So well, you, you're, you're, you're obviously reading the comments because uh, Craig has said... Uh, uh, <laughs> Winks uh, like I'm not, actually. <laughs> I'm not. Winks, I must yeah. admit, I was more impressed. Winks yeah. like Dyer lost the ball in a really bad area that could cost us badly. Yeah, yeah uh, well... Um, but I was impressed by Sanchez there because Sanchez read the danger, desired to get back and then he got his little bit of luck with it, it, it yeah. the deflection flying over the bar. But yeah, I mean, do, what do you think that was from Dyer? Do you think oh, I've literally had nothing to do in lack of concentration? Or yeah. do you I, think the bounce and the, didn't help him? Or, or yeah, what do you think that was? Well, I think all of our defenders are, have got that lack of concentration in them and that error in them. As does mm. Romero. I mean, everybody raves about yeah. Romero, but he's, 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 he's still got that rashness in him as well. So you know, none of them are none of them are Van Dykes, but then thank God none of them are uh, Harry Maguire's either. So um, yeah, I thought Dyer was. I, th I thought Dyer was, I say, the weakest of the three uh, central defenders, and Sanchez did very very well. And that's not always his his strength about reading the play um, quickly enough and responding to it quickly enough. But he did very well because that would have been that had you know, the Moura away game written all over it, didn't it? Just getting mm. caught by a sucker punch in stoppage time. Um, but yeah, uh, Winks lost the one. Winks does, um, Craig. But one of the one of my things with Winks is I think he occasionally loses the ball where he tries too hard to get forward. Doesn't have to because the fans have got on his back, you know, about the square and the uh, the the square and the sideways. Uh, sorry, the sideways and the back passes. He looks sometimes looks too keen to try and drive forward with it. He doesn't have to do it every time. What he needs to do is pick those passes where he's got the space into the channels, like like he did for Kane in the Liverpool game, or as he did for Son and Kane yesterday, where he where he where he had a little bit of space. The players have made the run and picked that pass. Um, yeah. So. 
but yeah, um, you know, your point, I, I, if you say to me, Winks was our best player yesterday, you won't get an argument from me. And he was, yeah. he was excellent against Liverpool as well. So I certainly wouldn't be selling him. I would be really no. upset as we saw it because I bet you're going to come on to Delhi Alley next. <laughs> Which is in my notes. Uh, yeah. What do you make of him? I, I thought he wouldn't play as well as he did at Liverpool. I thought Liverpool was tailor made for him with the amount of space that they allowed our forwards to have. Yeah. And that's where Delhi is, is good when he's got space to run into. He's not good enough with it at his feet. Uh, yesterday, I mean, Southampton pressing us, he, he's, he's, he's going to find that difficult. Although I would say he should have been put through by Kane, where Kane just overhit the pass. That was a fairly poor yeah. pass from Kane then. Yeah. Uh, after some really good work to get into the position to pass it, he's just overcooked it and it's gone through to Forster. Yeah. But he, he was making the runs. He, I think, more than anybody, misses the playmaker, the Ericsson type player, because Ericsson very rarely played the ball to him, but what Ericsson did was get the ball quickly, play it to Sun very quickly, who's instantly one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one with a defender, skins the defender, someone else has to come over. All of a sudden, there's massive chasm of space for Deli Alley, and the fact that Ericsson was a number 10, but how many times did you see him picking it up from Toby and uh, Jan? And again, huge amount of space in the middle. So I think he's um, really suffered from the lack of playmaker. And I think some players, most Salah, I use this as an example, Chelsea didn't really get a look in because not his style of play. Liverpool, where it's all geared, here are our strikers, fit everybody else around them. Mm. Is tailor-made for him. And and I think Ali is another player who needs a certain type of system to be able to do well. The Poch system was superb for him because and, and Dembele as well would skin people, drag someone else out of position, and it all created the, the space for Ali. Whereas Kane, you've seen, can you know, Always a number nine, always number nine. Mourinho comes in, he's now number 10 as well, so he can adapt. Yeah. And Son as well can play on the left, can play on the right, can play on the top, so can adapt as well. I'm not sure Delhi can, which obviously yeah. gives you it gives you some sort of problems if you've got him in the team and a manager who doesn't play to that kind of uh, system. Well, but yeah, if you do, he's shown that he can be one of the best in the world when he was in his heyday. But yeah, yeah. yesterday... It's always going to be difficult for him. But how do you think he did yesterday and in terms of January? What do you see happening with Delhi? You've you've talked Delhi out of the club because I think what you're saying, <laughs> you know, because I think what you're saying is he can only play a certain way in a certain system. And I, I don't think it's Conte's system anyway. Yeah. But I don't think I think if we get a playmaker in, you could see a bit more of it because there'll be quick balls out to the wingers to take people out of the game. But I think he's had enough time now to adapt, hasn't he? And he I, I think he's, like a Pogba, seems to care more about his uh, Fortnite games, his sponsorships and his uh, celebrity status than maybe football. Whereas Kane, I get the impression, <laughs> if Mourinho had said to Kane in that documentary, you're crap at training, Kane would have left the room and been out on the training pitch for the next five hours. He wouldn't have laughed at him. And no, I think I, that's the difference. But I think one of the things, he started wide right, um yesterday and it's not really his position i know he had off, yeah. you know, the, the license to come inside but um and he doesn't have great pace daily so he's never mm. going to go and skin a player um i i think if the other thing is with the system we play if you're going to play three at the back and then the two the two wide men you've still got three in midfield but i think he's going to want to play um I think he's going to want to play um, 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 Lucas Mora more often than he doesn't. And he's going to want to play Skip. He's going to want to play Hoiberg or one of the, the two. And I think you're right. We have a, we need a playmaker. We need an Ericsson-type player. We've lead, needed them for two years, mm, and we yeah. desperately need that now. And there's players that have been linked with us. Um, is that I, I, I can't see how Delhi gets into that setup. I, I just I just don't see how. Um and I think if we're gonna we're gonna first of all you don't want too big a squad. You can't have players like you know the quality of Delhi that can barely make the bench. That's no good for him. It's no good for us. Um my instinct and I don't like saying it because he's been such a 
has been a great player. He was an England international. He was an England international on merit. That I suspect Delhi has to leave. Um, yeah. I think if we're saying one, one, you know, Wink stays. I think Delhi needs to go, and that's one of the areas with a playmaker there. We desperately need to improve. We desperately need to improve if we're going to take that next step. And the next yeah, step yeah. is top four at the moment. Yeah, I think the real frustration with Delhi for me is he obviously played against Liverpool really well. You have that as a marker, have that as a marker. And yep. yet he's kind of uh, not really been effective against uh, Southampton. Whereas you look at Winks and people will disagree, which is fine. But I think he laid down a marker against Liverpool. I thought it was superb. And he's kind of followed it up in this game. He's, he's helped uh, set up the first goal. And by all intents and purposes, he set up another one for Kane, which obviously got chalked off. Um so he's set a marker there and now he's looking positive, looking to take risks and play balls, cutting balls. Mm. I think he played the one for Doherty, which Doherty went with his right foot and tried to get a conversion in rugby. <laughs> uh, yeah. Again, that was a good pass for uh, uh, Winks there. It's just fell to the wrong person, unfortunately. He could have taken yeah. a touch. But again, he's looking for those cutting balls and, and yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, Garden Erickson that we talk about. Craig said, even when Conte had Ericsson and Inter, he turned him into a deep-sitting central midfielder. Just doesn't seem to play with a creative number 10 these days. I mean, Ericsson played as a number 10 and a, and a deep-sitting mid central midfielder as well, just spraying the balls out when he got it from Jan and uh, uh, Toby uh, back in the day. He was just... But he, he was the one... He Ericsson's going to have to change his game if he gets back into football now because he was the one who was running like 10 kilometres... Uh, Again, he can't do that now, obviously, because of his issues. So he's going to have to be that uh, deep uh, central one, like Scholes was and Gerard was at the end of their yeah. careers. So he doesn't I, do I, as much running, but I, I'm not sure he'll play. I, I, I don't want to see Ericsson on a football field uh, ever. No. Um, yeah. I think when I think you have something yeah. like that, it, it, it's not as if, you know, I, 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 he, he won't be able to afford to eat. These players are well insured as well as anything else. Um, I don't want to see Ericsson on, on a football field. But just going back to, to this point about the, the kind of player we want. I mean, if you remember, I don't know if you're old enough to remember Glenn Hoddle, but you'd have certainly seen mm. him on video. Yeah. Glenn would often pick up the ball off a central defender and then just ping a 40-yard pass, 50-yard yeah. pass. Now, when you think of the way we, we play, and certainly with Son and Kane and Lucas making runs into spaces and with the fullback, uh, the wingbacks having having the freedom to get forward, that's the kind of play I know you're not going to get. There's not many two uh, Glenn Hoddles sitting around there waiting for a club. But that's the kind of thing that I'm, I'm looking for. And, of course, when you're pressing, that player would be much further forward forward um, and, and, and able to pick a pass because no one was really able to pick a pass uh, yesterday. Um, um, apart from I mean, Winks, maybe. Uh, you know, apart, yeah, apart from Winks. Um, I had this, I was on, I wasn't on, I was watching uh, um, Tottenham, uh, the Tottenham Tantrum, I can't remember, Tottenham Tantrum Gold yesterday. And I made a point, I actually think that Skip can, can play the Paul Scholes mm. role. Um, I think he's got everything in his everything in his locker to do that, other than scoring the odd goal at the moment. He needs to score a few more goals, but I think he can do that. But I still think the kind of playmaker I want is somebody that can really ping a decent pass and 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 get through the the tight defence because we're not good enough at that yet, and we don't have no. masses of pace unless we get our wing backs into the game. Yeah, um, got a few comments uh, from Craig. Mm. Conte likes a playmaker sitting deep like he used Perlo and Brozovic. Uh, he might actually see Winks as potentially doing that. I mean, Winks hasn't done himself any harm in these last two games. Mm. Uh, and Truth82, how you doing, buddy? Ericsson's had his time at Spurs, wishing well at his next club, but I think we should move on. Brozovic would be good. Yeah, I, I, I mean, when we say Ericsson, we mean an Ericsson type. Well, when I say Ericsson, I mean an Ericsson type player rather than bring Ericsson back because, like, yeah. like you, Ian, I'd, I'd be very, very nervous if he uh, got on a football pitch again. And, and he's got a wife and young kids as well, so he needs to think of yeah. them. I, 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 I wouldn't be averse to bringing him back to Spurs, but in a coaching role, I wouldn't yeah, be averse. I'm, I'm... There's a lot he could teach people like a Winks, I, I think, and a Skip. Uh, but yeah. Playing football, the amount he used to run ten kilometers a game, that that, that is just um, yeah, it's not going to happen. Not an option anymore. Not, not, but not yeah, it's a real, real shame because he was a brilliant player. But yeah, 
we need some kind of playmaker. Uh, we, I mean, Wings' like, balls are too lofty. We need, <laughs> I'm making movement with my arms, even though my camera is uh, broken, so yeah. there's no point. Um, yeah, he, he, it's too lofty. You don't get the drilled uh, cross that Ericsson, Scholes, Gerard, yeah. Pirlo used to play, which is like a missile to whoever it is. When you hit, hit it lofted, it's in the air for a, a, an enormous amount of time in, in terms of football for defenders to adjust, see where the flight is, and then get rid of it. Um, so, yeah, we need someone, and for competition as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Lucas has shown that he can play some ball, nice uh, uh, balls there. But, uh, yeah, again, he seems to be rotated around and all over the place. I think La Celso and Ndombele are done. Yeah, I, 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 it's a real shame about Ndombele because the amount of skill he has. But um, we talk about Ali's mentality. I think. Uh, well, I, I, I thought Ndombele had turned the corner when Jose called him out publicly after the Burnley game, and he forced his way back in, and it just seems to be in a full storm. The Celso is just too injury prone. Uh, yeah, uh, so I wouldn't Chris, be upset to see them go to make some money to to yeah. buy the players that Conte wants, but whether they will get that or not, I don't I, know. I don't know what you or any of the people uh, watching do for a living, but one of the things that um, stood me well in my uh, managerial career, and that's business management, not football management, because <laughs> you, can't, you can't teach attitude. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Ndombele's is crap, and will always be. Um, apparently he had that yeah. reputation in France. And right. it doesn't matter how much ability you've got, whatever you do in life, if you haven't got the attitude to really put it uh, together, and let's face it, we're talking about an hour and a half, possibly twice a week, three hours a week. It's not a lot to ask yeah. um, of a professional footballer. And no, I'm sorry. Um, it was a bad, a really bad piece of recruitment. And I think that was Hitchin mm -hmm. that was responsible for that. Should never have been recruited. La Celso, yeah. Um, unless we can get something out of La Celso in a number 10 role. And there's always the yeah. danger. Can we move these players on? And can we move these players on at a price? Well, I think La Celso would be alone. <laughs> I think there's, yeah, there's a. Undombele was 60 million. We're not getting anywhere near that for him Crazy. if he moves on. Crazy. 30 maybe, 30 maybe. Uh, anything above that, I'd say, is a bonus. Would you pay 30 million for Undombele if you were a, if you were a chairman or a coach in Spain or Germany? Yeah. Or... I, I think as well the Premier League might be a bit too, not brutal for him, but uh, uh, physically tough. Whereas France, I can't imagine it's too brutally tough. Italy, I think, would suit him quite well. Yeah. Um, but who's got the money in France and who's got yeah. the money? You know, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, whether they'll move on or not, I, 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 I don't know. Um, but yeah, Truth82 agrees on Ndombele and Le Celso. Time is up for them, along with Delhi and Doherty. May have to get them out on loan with option to buy. Uh, I think definitely I that's that. a Le Celso uh, um, thing. Uh, and then Craig's also said might be able to do a swap deal with them to help soften the blow. I think Newcastle are still interested in Delhi. <laughs> Whether Delhi would actually want to go to a club which are possibly going to get relegated. Um, I don't think he's what they need. I, I, I don't. I no. genuinely don't think. I think they need. They need. They need a they, couple of cent, a couple of really good central defenders. They need. Well, I suppose they need a playmaker, but I don't think Dumbala uh, um, Delhi. Delhi's the playmaker, and they no. need at least one if not two forwards. And I don't know where they're going to get them from at this time no. of the year. They've got problems because although they're quite close to Burnley, I think Burnley have got three or maybe four games in hand and they'll win They'll win a fair number of games, Burnley. I, I, um, I'm not sure with Newcastle it's a problem of where to get them from because they've got as much money in the world as they need to get anybody. It's just yeah. who's going to want to go there Well, to, that, to then maybe get relegated in six months? Yeah, and then well, be in the championship. The I, I, th I think a lot of players will wait and go right. Okay, if they're still in the Premier League in Newcastle in in the summer and they come for me, then I'll go. But I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think they've got real problems, and it would be amazing to see Newcastle go down with all that money. Yeah, and, and, and Craig, yeah, like Craig says, says yeah. the right attitude to fight for them. Yeah, That's Delhi's not that easy. The latest I read on Newcastle was that they're they're only going to spend fifty million in this window, yeah, and I think there might be a bit. Well, if we get relegated, we don't want to be spending you know one hundred and fifty million on players. We might need to ship out. So, 
I don't think I don't know what they're going to get for 50 million. And you're right. I don't know who's going to want to go there. Who's going to want to go there that might find themselves playing championship football with no way out. Or yeah, they might yeah. want to write into their contracts. Yeah, we'll pay you 100 grand a week now. But if we get relegated, you're on 40 million or 50 million, mm. uh, 50,000. Who, who is going? Who's mm. going to take that that gig? Um, funnily enough, one of the players I saw them linked with with the road on, and he's probably another one that I'd like to move on as well. Again, whether it's a loan, um, um, maybe even not with an option. Let's see what he can do somewhere else. Um, but Ndombele GLC, I'm going back to the Truth 82, um, Ndombele GLC, um, Delhi Doherty, and I'd probably add Rodon to that list. Yeah, that's a shame, that is. But, uh, yeah, I, I know Tommy from Tommy Talks Ball isn't a fan of Rodon at all. He thinks he's, he just looks at the ball, I think is what he says. But uh, that's a shame. Um, but, yeah. I think I think the thing about Rodon is he was signed under um Jose. He was signed under Mourinho, wasn't he? Yeah, so yeah. Mourinho didn't play him. Um Ryan Mason didn't play him. Nuno didn't play him and Conti's not playing him. Now there's mm. a common link there. So <laughs> if they're not going to play him and uh funny enough, I'm on with Tommy later. So at least I'm planning on being on with Tommy later. So um, if, if, if uh, there's talk of us that we're in for um, De Vries and De Ligt, or if I've pronounced them right, and De Ligt. I mean, if we were to get one of them or a lot of people say Skriniar, let's add those three. If one of those three were to come, and we could upgrade them for Rodon. That's the kind of business I, I think every Spurs supporter wants to oh, see. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I just think with uh, Delic, someone's playing football manager who's writing for newspapers there. I mean, he's yeah. he's unbelievable, Delic. So I can't see him coming to us. But uh, no. uh, with Newcastle, Craig said they could do loans for six months, see where they are at the end of the season. Rodon might be, it might be good for him and Newcastle. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I agree yeah, with Craig. I mean, yeah, I mean, he played in the championship as well, so he probably wouldn't be too worried about, well, he doesn't want to get relegated, but he, he could probably handle that. But uh, just before we move on to Watford and then, and then wrap up, yeah. just want to talk about Vegion. I, I thought he could, he was, in a way, lucky to stay on the pitch because he knew what he was doing when whoever it was ran into him. He kind yeah. of blocked him off. And, I mean, you'll see that again next week in another game and there'll be a yellow card there. And then the yellow card he actually got for the uh, follow through. I think he'd have probably done that even if he was on the yellow card. So it's the right decision to take him off. Uh, but we were crying out for a left sided uh, uh, full back or wide player in that second half, which obviously uh, Vegion would have provided. And he's not shy in going forward. Oh. So I think it. <sighs> It forced Conte's hand in a little bit. You don't want to go down to 10 versus 10. So he had to come off. And we didn't really have anyone on there that could have done that. He could have brought Tanganga on for him and then moved Davis out to left. Uh, but he's obviously not got the engine Meggie on Scott. He's not quick. He's not as quick either, but it would have been a left-sided player. So, I mean, do, do you think Meggie was lucky to stay on the pitch? And do you think Conte got the substitution in that respect wrong in terms of uh, the personnel that he brought on? No. In fact, looking on Twitter at half-time, I think there was a lot of people saying they need to get Reguillon off before he's sent off. And there's always the, the danger. And again, we go back to that subconscious bias. And this is where it comes in as well, as a, as a, um, a referee looking to even it up a little bit. Um so, no, I think the substitution was absolutely right. But the player mm. that you've not mentioned and is another one that's clearly got ability but spends far too much time on the treatment table is uh, Cessignon. Because Cessignon yeah, would have been the yeah. replacement um, on that left-sided wing-back role. Um, particularly he's only injured for like a two-week two period, but, yeah, he's come at a bit of a bad time. I really like Cessignon. Hopefully he can get over those injury things. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. It, it, it's a pity because when we talk about areas that we need to strengthen, we look at you look at what you've got as your first choices, but you look at what you've got as your cover. Um, 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 you know, we'll come on to the, the forwards because that's something you, me, and Brian discussed the uh, the mm. other morning. But uh, um, you know, when you look at left wing back, where you got Reguillon and you've got Cessignon, that's an area you can say we're absolutely really well covered there, really well mm. covered. That's not an area we need to even look at, and that's good. But Cessignon needs to get himself fit, and I don't know whether part of the problems are in his head. 
um, mm. or he's just one of these players that just keeps picking up knocks. I don't know. It's a pity mm. because a couple of times he's played this season, he's looked really good. Yeah, he wasn't that injured at Fulham, from what I uh, remember. So it, maybe it is in his head. But uh, regarding Reguilón, before we move on to Watford, three thirty-two, he does have that naughty part of his game, always likely for a yellow. I mean, that's good to, that he has that kind of fire in him. But he's got to learn yeah. to temper that and, and channel it in the right way. And Craig said he thought his yellow was harsh, looked a good tackle to me. I mean, it was he got the ball, but in this day and age, you get the ball but follow through. It's a yellow card again. It's another yeah. one of those rules which uh, yeah. ten years ago that would have been a great tackle and everyone would have been applauding it. Um, but yeah, uh, last thing before we wrap up, the Watford game is, uh, uh, I think, New Year's Day, isn't it? So a couple of days away before this yeah. huge first leg game against Chelsea in the Carabao semi. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, uh, drops, not drops Hoiberg, vests Hoiberg for this game, uh, uh, Skip and Winks in there. Uh, skip doing the kind of Hoiberg role as the enforcer kind of player in there and, and Winks mm. doing what he's been doing in the last two games. Uh, yeah, and, and for me, I'd be then putting a strong team out as as, as possible. So uh, a more of a Fideli uh, and then pretty much the same towards bring uh, Reggie on back and try and take the game to them, come out like a train, try and get two, three goals up by half-time. Then you can rest a couple of your players, but uh, obviously, like we said earlier, Spurs don't really. Uh, they're, they're the train at the station in the first half, they're not the train out of the traps. But uh, that's yeah. what I'd do because it is four days between the um, uh, uh, two games, uh, so it, it's not like a, a, a boxing day and then the 28th again. Um, but yeah, what, 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 would, what would you pick for the Watford game? How do you I'm, see that game going? I'm pretty well with you on this. And of course, we, what we don't know is what sort of team Chelsea will play um, um, in the. I'm just, I'm just actually having a look at the uh, um, who, who Chelsea have got on New Year's Day because obviously, you know, they've still got to play as well. But um, yeah. um, so. They got Lukaku uh, back as well, which is going to be Chelsea, not great because done with Romero uh, in that game. Um, what day is it? Well, it's, th- it's the 29th, isn't it? So Chelsea yeah. play tonight. Um, hmm. And then there are, you see, they play they play Liverpool. They, oh, they, really? They, we're, we, we play on the first against Watford. So we play New Year's Day. They play on the second against Liverpool. And they are going to play a, an absolutely full team against uh, Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. Bottom dollar. So they may rest a few for, for the game against us. Um, I would be inclined for us to be playing our strongest side in both those games. We've got four hmm. days. Um, um, would you start Hoiberg or give him a rest? No. Uh, I'd, he's I'd, he's I'd, obviously well, in our strongest team. Said, I've been saying for the last three or four games, two or three games, I'd like to see Skip and 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 and, and Winks play alongside each other. I'd like to see what they do together with one holding, one pushing. You know, mm. alternately, whoever gets the ball drives the other one can 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 yeah. cover. I would really like to see us doing that. Um, beyond that, I think I would at least be starting with a with a strong side. I certainly want to see uh, um, uh, Lucas back. Um, I don't know. Bergwijn would be fit again. If you would, you give Sonny a little rest because Sonny's looked a little bit out of sorts, and he was certainly. Uh... I, I, I think if you're any opposition team and you see Son isn't on the pitch or Son comes off, you're delighted, <laughs> regardless of how bad he's played or how out of sorts he looks. He's still a threat. I mean, he, he didn't really do anything yesterday, but yet he got the penalty that got us a point. No, uh, absolutely. So, yeah, I'd I, I maybe look to take him off after an hour or so. Hit him um, and Kane after an hour, if you can get yourself into a healthy lead, which, well, again, is uh, <laughs> not guaranteed with Tottenham these days. And that means that means Conte getting them to come out the blocks quickly and getting yeah. those goals when we need them. Yeah. I mean, we do that at home, don't we? Uh, we do it better at home because we have yeah. Conte hasn't had that many away games. No, no, that, that was only his second yesterday, I think, yeah, in the yeah, league. Everton, Everton, Everton. yesterday. Well, he's had three postponed, so it's it's not his fault. But um, no. he's drawn them both 
um, had a man sent off in both, but not been able to win either of them. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I can't remember the last time that we had three games in a row where we finished the game a man up. I, I can't remember that. No, um, I, I can't so, yeah. either. I can't either. It's not as if any of the red cards were 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 wrong either. No, I, I think the the issue yesterday was just the pace and and the the changing it up. That no shots from range. Uh, there was no pace. If Ericsson was playing in that game, mm. he'd have been getting the ball. He'd been dictating the pace. He'd have been pinging it out to Voyal, uh, 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 Doherty, Son. Uh, 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 Mora came on, didn't he? And it would have been stretching the team. When you're a man up, you've got to stretch a team. You've got to make them run. You've got to drag them side to side. You've got to drag them all over the place. Southampton were very, very disciplined and very good tactically, but we yeah, made I it a little bit that. easier for them because we were so slow. And, and and what you find as well is if you have an Ericsson player in like that, players make runs because they know there's someone there that if they make a 50-yard run, someone can pick them out. Under Nuno, where we didn't have that at all, it was no surprise to me that nobody was running because it's just wasting energy. Because mm. yeah, no, uh, what, 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 well, I don't understand Craig's comment, so I've obviously missed something. After McDonald's <laughs> yeah, gate, team selection might depend on what Conte finds in the players' bins. I'm assuming he's been eating junk food rather than uh, what Conte... He banned uh, ketchup, didn't he, Conte, or something like that. But um, I mean, if that's true that Ndombele has been eating stuff that Conte doesn't want him to eat, that just goes back to the discipline and the uh, attitude. mentality. Attitude, attitude, attitude. attitude um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we have to beat Watford. We have to beat Watford. It, it was good that we, you know, we're still unbeaten under Conte, but really should have beaten Liverpool, should have beaten Southampton, and it's four points dropped there. So I, I really hope that we don't. Um, Live to regret that. But obviously, the Liverpool game, I think most Spurs fans before the game are thinking the worst. So it's a point gained there. It's just in the in the way that the game panned out, it was two points dropped because we had about yeah, six absolutely. glorious chances. There's our friend, and, uh, Mr. K. Just yeah, Mr. K, how you doing, buddy? Good morning. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I really hope we don't come to regret that. And we've got to get back into winning ways and... Uh, Starting with Watford and then the Carabao semi-final. A, 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 a draw at Chelsea wouldn't be the worst result. Take something back to White Hart Lane. And if, mm. if we get anything that's sort of like is a, a good result, uh, the stadium will be rocking in the second leg because the oh, fans believe that we've, we've got enough to get to a final. If we get done 4-0 at Chelsea, it could be a very sombre thing, but I don't think that will happen. Well, I, think I, we'll I, and, I, and I don't think that will happen. And I don't think they, because if they've, they've got the game on the second against yeah. uh, Liverpool, they are going to have to play their very, very strongest side mm. um, in that game. So, and they've got an extra, they've got 24 hours uh, more, um, less recovery time than we've got. Yeah. Um, and you can't see them getting four or five uh, up in a game like that and going on and resting players. Uh, it's a game they'll probably have to go right to the death on. So we might we might be able to go and get something there. We, yeah. we might be able to go and get something there because because they might be playing half a reserve side. I think the, uh, the 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 mentality is an issue there. Maybe not an issue, but we don't win at Stamford Bridge, do we? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Craig said that uh, on We Are Tottenham TV, someone said their friend was working around London Bellet's house and his bin was full of McDonald's, which, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It's a rumour, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise you about Don unfortunately. No, and the truth 82 regarding the uh, Liverpool game. Having lost seven or eight in a row to Liverpool, was happy with the draw. Dropping points to Southampton is annoying. Um, yeah. yeah, we can't afford to do that against Watford. Especially that we're in this position now that if we do win our games in hand, we're in fourth and not far yeah. off the third and second now after Leicester uh, beat Liverpool yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we can't afford any slip-ups like that Southampton game. And, and yeah. you can blame the VAR as much as you want, which obviously did uh, hinder it. We'd have won without the VAR dodgy decisions. But... <clears throat> We probably didn't do enough to say, well, we, we were absolutely, we destroyed Southampton in that yeah. second half, which is a disappointing thing with a, having 10 men for 50 minutes, almost an hour. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and Conte won't be happy about that. So I hope he gets into the players and they're fired up for this Watford game. We come out and see yeah. a, a real guns blazing performance and take it to Watford because they're conceding goals as well. 
So oh, if you they're... attack them and concede and get them to concede a goal early, you don't know what their mentality is. Their head might drop and everything like that. <laughs> Regarding Ndombele, there's photographic evidence apparently that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean it's his attitude, like we, yeah. <laughs> his attitude, like we say, not gonna. Uh, 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 yeah. You know, <laughs> well, smile, I think we're yeah. all pretty well agreed on here. The players we want to see, or we we think are dispensable. Um, yeah, and yeah. bringing in higher quality replacements. I, I think it's the players that we've been saying for the last four months. But for me now, Winks has done enough to. I mean, he, he, we always say give him another chance, give him another chance. But he's actually done stuff in the last two games for me that say he's deserving of that chance now. Rather than I think it was a, I think it was a, you know. He spurs through and through, so you give him a bit more uh, dispensation Absolutely. that way. But now he's actually done stuff. And, and, of course, positive stuff for us in games. I think that's what he wasn't doing before. So I, I, I would keep Winks and then, uh, you know, the Delis. Yeah. Yeah, the Delis, the Doherty's, unfortunately. Although I feel sorry for Doherty and certainly Ndombele, Le Celso, and time is up for them. But it remains to be seen what happens in January. Um but yeah, uh, but next up is Watford. Uh, but yeah, Ian, thanks so much for coming My on again. Uh, becoming a regular now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah and it's yeah. been superb having you on and chatting to you. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's not been in our happiest circumstances, but we didn't lose. We didn't lose. We're still undefeated under Conte in the league and just put it right against Watford. Good performance. Then Southampton and Liverpool have forgotten. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, uh, I might go on Tommy Takes Ball tonight. He's asked me, so uh, um, I yeah. might. Uh, I don't think I've been on that one before, so I might give that a go later tonight. Yeah, yeah, Tommy's great. It's a great channel, that is. Uh, so you should yeah. definitely check that out later on with Ian and Tommy on there. Um, but yeah, you don't have a channel of your own, but you are on uh, Twitter. It's in the description, so where can people yeah. find you? Yeah, oh, I've picked up loads of followers since I started doing these streams, which is yeah. good. And I always follow back as well. So, yeah, Cheers, thanks, Craig. Craig. <clears throat> thanks for that. I hope you enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, where can people find you on Twitter uh, if they don't already? Yeah, Shaggy seventeen twelve. It's that simple. It's my Twitter handle. Excellent. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And uh, all right. Yeah, we. Uh, I'm back tomorrow. Hopefully, my camera works. I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, uh, Mike Donovan has written a book. Uh, uh, and I can't remember the name. That's embarrassing. Uh, but yeah, it's a book about Dave Mackay. Uh, football's. Uh, I can't remember the name. Of it. Let, let let me find out. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's embarrassing. He might not come on now. <laughs> uh, football's brave heart, Mike Dave Mackay. Football's brave heart, which you can get on Amazon and Pitch Publishing as well. So he's he's coming on to talk about that tomorrow. Really looking forward to that. I really hope I can get my camera working there. Uh, cheers truth 82 thanks to you craig uh mr k adam for uh, uh joining in in the comments really appreciate it so yeah so mike donovan coming on tomorrow to talk about uh football braveheart dave mckay hopefully my camera's working um but yeah so check that out and then we'll be back some point in the new year i guess the the watford uh, review and then we'll be back to normal uh, proceedings with the previews and the reviews make sure you check to uh hit the like hit the subscribe uh, if you're watching the replay as well do the same uh, make sure you check ian's uh, uh, follow ian on twitter uh and yeah as always come on you spurs Thank you so much for watching, for everybody who participated in the live chat and added comments. Before you go, please make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Anybody who couldn't watch the live video, you can still catch us on YouTube. Add any comments, suggestions or questions to the comments section on the video. Anybody who's listened to the audio-only podcast, thank you so much for listening. Anybody who wants the audio-only podcast, you can get this wherever you get your podcast from. Alternatively, if you go to Twitter, at LTalkTottenham, you'll find the information there. We'll be back soon. We're live Mondays, 8pm, Fridays, half 12, UK time. Until then, come on, you Spurs! <laughs>